Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcast. Final game, Bears Vikings. It just comes down to all of us with the details and just understanding that on each and every play, we all need to be extremely detailed. We all need to understand where we're at and how important it is. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? It's frustrated, you know, like losing, but you know, we got a game next week, so we got to go back, watch the film, we got to prepare next week. We, we let each other down, we let the fans down. That's not how we want to finish our last home game. At, at Soldier Field. I personally feel as though, you know, I owe a debt to the city. I owe my teammates, you know, that grind, you know, when, when we're finally able to get off the field. With WGN's Adam Hogue. We're on a mission from God. Don't you blaspheme in here. And from the athletic, Adam Johns. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Damn straight. I can just say that I will be doing everything in my area to do whatever we can to get this offense better. Here they are, the Adams. If you ain't first, you're last. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Episode 298 of Hogan Johns. We're getting close to 300, boys. Oh, we got to throw a party, fellas. I believe the 300th episode will be next Tuesday's on The Athletic. Oh, a post-mortem, too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Although it feels like we're already in post-mortem. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I've been in that mood for two weeks now. Officially playing out the string. Last week, well, you know, there was like storylines. It was a bit. It felt like a, a real game, even though it wasn't. This week, no one even knows who's playing. Nothing's really at stake. I got asked on the radio this morning, what, "Give me a reason to watch the game," and I was like, um, "Well." It's an NFL game, and it's the last time the Bears are going to play until August. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, there's still another game of evaluation. That's pretty much all I got, though. <laughs> or how about you have nothing else better to do? <laughs> yeah. But if you do have something better to do Sunday, you might want to do it. No one would blame you for that one. Uh, welcome in, Hogan Johns. We are uh, still in our weird, um, I'm in Minnesota, Johns is in Chicago situation, and we got Joe Romano holding it all together back at the WGN Radio Studios. What's up, Joe? Yeah, we do. I am definitely holding it together. I am in multiple places at once, buddy. <laughs> you are. You are. Uh, we appreciate Joe Romano more than ever this week because he's technically on vacation. But AK, he's doing what his I'm kind of on vacation, too, though. Kind of. I am not. not really. You are not. <laughs> You are. Joe, Joe is what we call a glue guy. Get, getting back to some Christmas praise for Joe. Uh, yeah. Like the glue guys of teams, just in terms of, like, me and Adam would have fractured and finger pointed this thing a long time ago. <laughs> if oh, not yeah. for Joe. Yeah. Holding it together, baby. All right, well, glue follow guy. us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E, at Adam Johns, J A H N S, and Joe Romano at Joey Joe Rowe. I just put a question out there on the Twitter machine that we'll ponder here in a second. Uh, you can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. All Johnson's stuff is up at The Athletic, theathletic.com. 
and the Athletic app. That's where you can listen to our bonus podcast every single week. We had one out for you on Christmas Eve. You can go back and listen to that. And if you're not subscribing to the Athletic, you should be. It really doesn't cost all that much money. Um, I believe I was trying to decipher this tweet from uh, a few minutes ago. Or a couple days ago, John, I, I still can't understand it, but I, I'm pretty sure someone's asking us to re-talk about something we talked about on Tuesday because they don't listen to the athletic pods. No, oh. and I'm uh, like, uh, no, it's only like if you use our subscription, like it's only like three or four bucks. Let's not yeah. get like get like it's not like some ninety dollar subscription, you know, per month. It's it's quite a fair price, everybody. And it's not yeah, just it's Bears content. Beer to, in some bars in Chicago. Yes. Oh, it's, yes. And it's not just Bears content to avoid. You know, you're sick of the Bears. We get it. But you're listening to this, so you're not. Uh, there's White Sox stuff. There's Cubs stuff. There's stuff about the city nationwide, worldwide. The Athletic is awesome. Yeah, so theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. No, we're not going to redo the podcast from Tuesday just so you can hear it today. You can go back and listen to that. And we uh, Seriously, you, there's like free trials on there. Uh, the deal we give you, 40% off, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You're, you're not going to regret it. So, uh, And we'll have plenty of content going into the offseason as well. But one more game to break down here, boys. Bears, Vikings, get excited. Neither team has anything to play for this week. Although, in a very, very weird quirk, there is a scenario in which the outcome of this game could determine whether or not the Oakland Raiders go to the playoffs. <laughs> so there is something to play for. <laughs> to, to, to stick it to Gruden? <laughs> there is a, one of the tiebreaker scenarios is strength of victory. So... Um, it, the the strength of the Raiders' strength of victory would change based on who wins this game because they so beat the which, Bears and lost to the Vikings, I believe. So which one results in a lower? And, and I get like a, a dozen things need to happen for the Raiders to, to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. I love that people are talking about it just because it's just crazy, and some of them seem likely. But what needs to like what what results in a worse draft position for the Raiders because that's all. I think the Bears should care about, especially with the Khalil Mack move. Right, not making the playoffs would result in uh, the worse, the worst draft pick. Because technically, if the Raiders get in, they could theoretically win a game or two. Not likely, but that would just bump them up more. So, it's something to keep in mind. Yes, but how did what, what didn't so they played the Bears right? So and the Vikings. So strength of victory. Now we're getting too complex. These playoff scenarios, I tell you what, they could give you a headache. Yeah, but okay. So, uh, and we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna try to keep this as simple as possible. The, the the reason why the Raiders situation is so interesting is because they didn't just need one week of crazy things to happen; they needed two, and they every single one happened last week, and it set them up for another. It, it's all it's like kind of like hitting a twelve team parlay in like gambling <laughs> terms, and, and they hit all six last week, and now they got six more to go, so they have to win. On Sunday, they need the Steelers to lose, and they're playing Baltimore. They need Tennessee to lose, and they're playing Houston. They need Indy to win. Who does Indy play this week? I don't have it in front of me. Um, and then I'll look. And then Oakland needs to clinch the strength of victory tiebreaker over the Steelers. Jacksonville. And to, they play Jacksonville. So that's, I mean, Indy, that's, that's likely. So Oakland clinches the strength of victory tiebreaker. 
if one of the following teams win, they just need one of these teams to win, the Bears, the, the Lions, the Chargers, or the Patriots. So the Bears... This is what this is <laughs> this is what they have to play for, which technically means they should lose to improve their draft pick. Ah, okay. Okay. Right? Yes. Um, I don't think Matt Nagy's going in with that plan though. <laughs> no, and I'm also being incredibly sarcastic right now. Uh, yes. hopefully everyone understands that. But there are some fun games to talk about. What what uh, I want to discuss right now with the Bears because clearly Let's be honest. We're on to the off season. Um, how do you fix this thing? There's there's obviously a lot of a lot of moves that need to be made. But I wanted to put out on Twitter, John's the, if, for the fans to contribute on Twitter. What is the one? If you just had to pick one thing that you absolutely want to see happen, what would it be? I'm I'm scrolling through um, some of these responses, and of course. Quarterback is is probably the most prevalent answer, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm surprised at how many people are picking right guard. <laughs> <laughs> I have I, I know it's important. I know Rashad Coward's not the answer there. I know you should invest money in there, but if you're making only one move, I feel like there's other positions of more prominence that should be addressed. Just the thought. Well, it is the one spot on the offensive line right now that is kind of the easiest to upgrade. Um, n- just not only just because there's the most glaring need on that offensive line, but the other guys are kind of locked in there right now with contract situations, right? So if you're if you're going to make one personnel move that you think can upgrade the 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 running game, you do it at right guard, and uh, I think that's. So you know, Brandon Sheriff is a name that's out there uh, that someone responded here with. Pay him what it takes. Instantly improves the other four linemen. But I, I do kind of subscribe to that at least a little bit, Johns. That one big acquisition at one of those spots would make the entire line better. Domino effect. Domino effect. Yeah. Here's a, a theory for you. How about a center? Keep James Daniels at left guard. Move Cody White here to, to right guard. I know that's another position for Cody White here, but if if you're if you're going into to the season 2020 with some type of quarterback change, or at least the the, the possibility of, of that, you know, what if your best option in free agency? And I haven't looked at it. I'm just throwing out a, a you know. A scenario here. What if the, the center is the most affordable and the the best bang for your buck position? You know, maybe you bring in a center and have a trickle down effect that way. You know, have that be your ripple effect starting in the middle. Yeah, I, uh, I the only thing I'm skeptical about with that is just because it seems like Cody Whitehair um, does have the best chemistry with Mitch Trubisky there. It, it does seem to help Trubisky when Cody Whitehair is under center. However, I do agree with you that if the one, if, if you, like, for example, if, you, if you're looking at a center to sign and a guard to sign and, you know, all things being equal, the it's just the guard or the center wants to come and the, the, the guard doesn't, then yes, I would, I would absolutely, it's not like I would pass on a top caliber center uh, just, just to keep Cody Whitehair at center. Have you guys ever yes, asked him what yes. his positional preference is? Oh, Cody's the it's such a team first guy. You know, 
Maybe over a beer he'll give you his answer. But a lot of these guys simply don't like having the ball in their hands. Some of these guys just kind of accept it. I don't think uh, these guys are like your own recruits like guys, even though Cody Whitehair is like you, Joe. He's, he's a glue guy for this team uh, in, in so many ways. Um, but, you know, James Daniels was used to it, but then he would make offhand comments about how nobody likes the ball in their hands and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Cody's gotten good at it, but people forget, like, he started as a left tackle coming in, you know, out of what, Kansas State, right? I, he's he's versatile. He's, he can do a lot of different things. But, yes, I think if they were able to pick their positions, I don't think neither James Daniels or, or Cody White would pick center right away. And someone brought up the Max Lawson signing from a, a few years ago. That's, that's the type of move that would be great. You know, it, it doesn't cost you everything, and it, it would be an immediate upgrade. And a guy that brought some leadership and dependability to that that group as well. Um, but I'm with the people that just are seeing because again, the question was one move that you absolutely want to see happen. To me, is the tight end position. I don't know what the answer is yet, but bring in a start, real starting caliber U tight end that fits this offense that can, as you so simply and yet importantly pointed out a tight end that can be your first or second read on plays. Uh, it would just make the, the offense work better, make Trubisky's life easier, uh, and, and to me, that is number one on the priority list for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was surprised it took – we finally got a couple tight end responses looking back at Twitter yeah. uh, right now. One from Zach Knizic, probably destroyed his name. Acquiring a starting caliber tight end, the one position that Nagy's entire offense flows through was by far the weakest position all season. He's right, 100% right. Again, look at the like the mere the, – the sheer volume of targets that Travis Kelsey – and Zach Ertz have had over the four over the past four years that there is no one close to him. They're in the five hundreds. The next closest player to them is in the high three hundreds. We're, we're talking about a difference of over like one hundred and fifty compared yeah. to to the next tight end. That's how important these guys are to the West Coast system that Andy Reid has developed. That Doug Peterson took with him to Philadelphia. And Matt Nagy took with him to Chicago. You need it. See how I did that? You need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I think that that's the most obvious spot that needs to be upgraded that could really help the offense. But I, I don't think it suddenly fixes everything. I, I, I do think they got to look at quarterback and some type of competition. You know, the Teddy Bridgewater thing is really interesting because someone did write in, uh, acquire one of the QBs from the Saints. Doubt they would let Breeze go, but Pace would be all over it if they did. Otherwise, Bridgewater is a QB who could be perfect to run Nagy's offense, and he isn't necessarily the starter immediately. Can still have competition with Trubisky in the summer-slash-training camp. Here's the problem with that, though. you got to still consider the player and what the player is looking for. And if I'm Teddy Bridgewater, I am only looking for a starting quarterback job. If I'm going to free agency, he's probably going to get paid like a starter, and there's going to be a team that pays him like a starter and brings him in to start. And if there isn't a team to do that, then why would you leave New Orleans? If you're going to be a backup, what a great place to be a backup. He's getting paid well. That's why he went back there this year when he could have been starting in Miami. So 
if you're the Bears, you're going to have to pay Teddy Bridgewater like a starter, and once you do that, you're basically making the decision he's our starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, what if the, these things just got to play themselves out? Like, so Drew Brees' contract is expiring. He's playing at, at, a, at a fantastic level again. Still one of the top five quarterbacks in the game, right? I, I know Brady's numbers are down. I know Phil Rivers' numbers are down. But Drew Brees, he's just chugging along. You know, still breaking records on Monday night, still doing what he does. Um, I don't think that's going to change going into the playoffs. I think the Saints are one of the best teams in the league. Maybe he rides out, you know, into the sunset if if the Saints win one. Um, but even then, I, I feel like this is a guy who can who's got at least three, four more years good in him. At least two, right? Uh, so maybe Sean Payton. Mickey Loomis, they bring in Breeze, they bring in Brady, like, all right, this is going to be our succession plan. You know what I mean? Like, Drew, you get one more year, second year is an option. Teddy, you're going to be our future guy. Like, do they have a succession plan? Oh, oh, people always talked about, like, uh, the the Patriots having a succession plan, right? They had Garoppolo for there for as long as they could. Then they had um, Jacoby Brissett there for as long as they could. And, you know, the Brady, as, as long as Brady kept going, you know, they kept finding new ones. But, um, maybe the Saints are one of the few teams that could correctly or finally put in place a succession plan for a Hall of Fame quarterback. Maybe I just if I'm Teddy Bridgewater, man. To me, it's time. It's it, it's time. I mean, he was picked back in 2014, and he's been through so much with that injury and everything. He's worked himself back into this. Uh, you know, next year will be a sixth season since he got drafted, and. I mean, I'm looking. For, if I'm him, I'm looking for a starting job. And if New Orleans willing to do that now, then great. But if not, I'm going to find a starting job somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Like you mentioned earlier, he kind of turned down one. Maybe, yeah. maybe the money wasn't what he wanted. But uh, think about how much money he has. Yeah, has made himself just from that stretch earlier this season, filling in for Breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but then some people will say, "Oh, he was." You know, some of those numbers were, were misleading. You know, he he was just doing a lot of underneath stuff. He wasn't pushing the ball down the field. You know, people overthink this, and, and you know, rightfully they should in in a sense because this is the most important position in, in all of sports, the hardest one to identify. But to me, if you're the Bears, it comes down to overall cost. Duration to the the length of the contract is important. The guaranteed money is is even more important. I don't know what the Bears could do. I, I, we know the salary cap is, is fluid. Uh, they can free up a lot more space just by like releasing Taylor Gabriel or or uh, Prince Mukamara, which are moves I think they will do. But yeah, I don't know. I understand why he could be attractive to the Bears and, and other teams. I hear he's a great guy, so I don't think he would have problems taking over a room right away. But, you know, I think that there's a fine line between liking a guy off the field and then what you're actually going to pay them. And I think you always overpay in free agency. So the the guaranteed money and the duration of the contract would be extremely important to me if I'm the Bears. You guys, Ryan, think, you guys think that Bridgewater is a hotter commodity than Ryan Tannehill then? I don't think if if I'm the Titans, I don't let him leave leave the state. Okay, but for me, yeah, to answer your question, Joe, I would ab- yes, Teddy Bridgewater for me, I would definitely want him over Tannehill. the 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 sample size, like Bridgewater, when he when he was in Minnesota before he got hurt, looked more than competent as a starter. 
Uh, he had some issues, but he he looked like that he was going to be in Minnesota for a long time as a starting quarterback, and then he got hurt, and then he's just been battling back that. And for him since then, and for him to come in this year and fill in for Breeze the way he did. Um, I just still think the ceiling's way higher there than with with what I. It's great what Tannehill's doing right now, but we've we we've seen him struggle so much in the past. I don't know. And it was almost a yeah. perfect scenario for him with New Orleans in that he comes in just for a few games. You know, there's not a ton of pressure on him. Um, he shows that he's healthy. He doesn't need to play an extended amount of time. Maybe that was good for his knee. Maybe that was good for his confidence. You know, and now he's he's still learning under Sean Payton. He's working with Drew Brees. Um, yeah, man, I, I think he, unless the Saints, you know, give him one of those, all right, you're going to be the quarterback in a couple of years, he will definitely be uh, paid pretty handsomely come the offseason. And here's the thing I think it's important. I'm going to write this. Uh, for the athletics this week, and it's also important to have like the the proper perspective in terms of whatever quarterback you're acquiring. Like there is no superhero coming to rescue the Bears. There, there are issues. Like I understand that competent, improved quarterback play would go a long way into uh, improving certain numbers, improving improving you know expected points added, improving win probability, all this stuff. Like, I, I understand that. But the Bears' offensive problems, and we've talked about it ad, ad nauseum, I feel like, for the past several weeks. It's so late. There's so many. Right? You need a tight end to help whatever quarterback is coming to town. You need to really fix the right side of that offensive line. You may need another speed threat. Matt Nagy, yes, I think he can learn from this, but we need to see him learn from this and actually have you know um, more rhythm as a play caller, right? Like what offensive changes are they going to make to the staff? You know, you know, somebody is going to be at fault for what happened this season. Is Mark Helfrich out? Is Dave Ragone out? What happens to Brad Childress? Does he come down and have more an active role underneath Matt Nagy? Like what, what happens here? It's so layered. And I get that. Yes. The quarterback, you fix that. It solves a lot of your problems, but I don't think there's any, to use a scouting term, I don't think there's any greater racers out there that could be bought, in a sense, in, in, in free agency because, you know, they're available for a reason. They, they, they really are. Let's not overrate what they are. They're, they're not starters for a reason. Um, I understand that every situation is different, but I think having the right perspective, whomever comes to town to compete with Mitch Trubisky is very important. I wonder if there is a coach that Matt Nagy has ties with somewhere that could really come in and focus on the run game, like almost like a run game coordinator. And I'm not saying that person's calling the plays, but installing the run game every week and 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 you know basically building the card that Nagy can call off of. Um, just someone to like kind of be in charge of that whole thing that 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 could make a a big difference because again in two years now under under Matt Nagy they just can't run the football well isn't that already like in, in a sense I, I guess it's my understanding it's Mark Helfrich and Harry Heastan's job to do that is it not now I know Harry Heastan comes from a different NFL background uh than Mark Helfrich is supposed to you know with the RPOs but like look at it like so much of the Bears run offense is run through RPOs is it not and they're just not working, whether it's Trubisky making the wrong reads or teams playing him differently and attacking the Bears' RPOs differently. It's just 
it's not working. And we're going to talk to Mark Helfrich in a few hours here at Hallis Hall. But the like the, the thing that intrigued Matt Nagy the most about Mark Helfrich was how cutting edge he was with RPOs at Oregon. That has not carried over to the Bears' offense whatsoever. But then again, it gets back to that same question we've been talking about all year. Is it the scheme or is it the quarterback? Because the quarterback's the one that make, is making those decisions at the at the mesh point. And I you know, I think it's been a little bit of both this season. But that's to me, you know, regardless of personnel here, that's the biggest thing that Nagy has to figure out. I wrote it the other day. Does the scheme fit the quarterback or do they need you know, you got to make a decision here, right? You either got to tailor the scheme to the quarterback, or you got to find the right quarterback to run the scheme. But I do, I do, I do wonder if a week from now, right here on this podcast, we're going to be talking about some coaching changes on that offensive side of the football. Yeah, I would not be surprised. And I'll, I'll just say this about the, the West Coast offense: it, it's it's got some diversity to it. You know what I mean? It, like you could do different things within it. Uh, I just want to reference what Matt Nagy said earlier this season. You know, when someone asked him if the I formation is part of his offense, and Matt Nagy goes, well, well yes, you know, you got to go a little bit deeper on it, but we ran some of that when we were in Philadelphia. So, like, the, the West Coast, especially under Andy Reid, it, it's evolved in a sense, like it should, especially with the, the influx of RPOs um, or the introduction of RPOs to it. But, you know, it, it's been different. It's been different going from Donovan McNabb in Philadelphia to Michael Vick to Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. It's just – it's changed, and it's on the coaches, like you said, to change and find what works best. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of time to talk about this over the next few months, um, but there is one more game to discuss. Before we get to Bears and Vikings this week at U.S. Bank Stadium, let's look back at voicemails from last week's loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. These should be interesting. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! Hey there, ghettos. Bob Dabrowski calling in here from Dr. Seuss's writing room. Got a fresh new battle rap for uh, John Z. Babb as he challenged me to rhyme this week. So the Bears can be frisky if Coach Nagy gets risky and trust in Trubisky. Joe from Connecticut. I don't understand why Matt Nagy tries to act like he has faith in Trubisky because when you throw it into the flat on 3rd and 8, 39, and 4th and 23, it's pretty clear what you think of your quarterback. Oh, vomitous. I'm Dan from South Jersey, and I got to tell you, the fans there with the double doink sign, if it wasn't bad enough, kick those people out. The only thing worse than the Bears is those two fans. I'm out. Chuck from Minnesota, and, you know, I thought that watching the game was going to be tough, but holy cow, it was like getting a gut punch in and I picked to the eye at the same time. And then while watching it, they show a shot of Ryan Pace, and I thought, my life must not be that bad, really. I'm not the guy that passed it to Mahomes to pick Trubisky. Bear down. 
It's Mike from L.A. Love the show. I feel like the dog that's been beaten by the alcoholic owner. Uh, in 40 years of watching Bear football, that was one of the most brutal games I've ever seen. Uh, this offense was terrible last year. The defense had six or seven touchdowns and, and put the offense in plus field position often. We can talk about all the issues on the, on the offense that need to be changed, but in the salary cap era, you're not going to have superstars at every position. There's two things that have to be changed if this team wants to go forward with this Super Bowl-level defense. you got to change the quarterback. He doesn't have it. He's not the guy. He looks scared, doesn't make good decisions, especially under pressure, can't read defenses, and we've got to change the scheme. Nagy does not play to the strengths of his offense. I don't know what whose strengths he's playing to, but the coordinator, the offensive play calling, the scheme, and the quarterback have got to change. If those two change, I think this team would be dramatically better off. Could they get better at the margins? Absolutely, but those two things, if they're not changed, we're going to waste this defense. Happy holidays. Bear down. He rhymed for you there, John. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby. He actually uh, rhymed know, a lot more, but uh, his phone sucked, so I could only put the stuff that actually we could hear. Oh, so, I, I thought for sure he'd have like a whiskey reference in there. Just you know, the the frisky, the risky, the Trubisky, drinking too much whiskey or something like that. There definitely I mean, it was, was. It just didn't come through. It came through kind of garbled. So, oh, oh Bobby. So come Bobby, on, man. First of all, you got to rhyme. Then you got to get a better phone. Yes. You guys got a lot of demands for this guy. Yes. <laughs> Challenge renewed. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap up the season for us, Bobby. Yeah. Um, th- that one caller at the end about the strengths of the Bears offense, you know, I was thinking about that when he, when he said it. Um, maybe they don't even have one. Did, did, maybe, is, it, is it Allen Robinson? You never want it's the strength of your your team to be, you know, through a receiver. Um just because I don't think offenses are meant to flow that way. Um, do they have a strength, Adam? I don't Honestly, think they right do. now, yeah. I, 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 but I would say with the way Anthony Miller came on in the second half of the season, that right now receivers probably their best spot. Yeah, yeah. But we saw an offense try to flow through the receivers not too long ago here. Right. Um, different types of dudes, but um, it didn't work out either. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, you know what Matt Nagy was talking on what Monday or Tuesday about still looking for that identity. It's it's week seventeen. It's it's yeah, not good. Not it didn't good. come. It, the identity just didn't come this season. They're going to be searching all off season for it too. All right. So the Bears seven and eight. They got a chance to get to five hundred. Either way, seven and nine, eight and eight. It's going to be a disappointing final record uh, and one of the most disappointing seasons. Really, in franchise history, probably the most disappointing in a few decades. Uh, it, here in Minnesota, where I am, Vikings ten and five, noon Sunday on Fox. The uh, the spread's a little weird on this one. Um, I I got it still at Vikings one because. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we don't really know what the Vikings are going to do or how they're going to approach this game, but they really have nothing to play for. They're locked into that six seed, so they got to be getting healthy this week. Yeah, it's a pick 'em essentially, right? You know, yeah. or, or people think the the Bears are going to win it, and, and I understand it. You don't know what you're going to get from the Vikings just in terms of who's going to take the field. We already know Dalvin Cook's not playing, and we know what that means for the Vikings offense. It means Kirk Cousins is back to being Kirk Cousins, <laughs> if, yeah. if, if that makes sense to you. I, I saw a, a, a poll. I forget which um, uh, account it was this week. Um, it was one of the notable ones, NFL Network, Pro Football Talk. I can't remember, but the, the poll was: Do you do, do Vikings fans want Kirk Cousins back for next year? And the the, the winning answer was no. 
Can, can, can you imagine that? This guy statistically is like a top 10 quarterback. Uh, but that's Kirk Cousins. Like he's producing. I, I think Bears fans would love the type of production that Kirk Cousins has put up this year from like a Mitchell Trubisky. But like Kirk Cousins just seems to be missing a certain type of intangible that it's very hard to locate in quarterbacks. Well, I would say that Kirk Cousins' production this year is more a product of the offense and the system that they correctly put in here for him that fits his game. And so much of it is coming off the running game. You know, yes. I, I, it's it's like Jared Goff in a sense. Yeah, I mean, like there's 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 a ton of passing production that Kirk Cousins is getting this year, but it's coming off a of play action. It's coming off of what they're establishing on the ground with Dalvin Cook, and so um, I also think that there's a little bit of an overreaction here the last couple of days. Such an ugly game, uh, a, a bad loss for the Vikings on Monday night on national television against their rival, the Packers who just came in and, and really just whooped them defensively. Uh, but Cook didn't play. They didn't have their backup, Alexander Madison. They had no running game. Now, Mike Boom basically got benched in that game. And when that happens, we know it happens to Kirk Cousins. And that's what happened on Monday night. So, um, I, I, look, I, I also understand, though, if you're a fan of the Vikings, you probably don't want Kirk Cousins to be you know, your quarterback forever. But I also think it's been proven this year that if everything's going well, he's more than capable of winning you, uh, winning you football games. Now, the question is, can he win you a big game? And that yeah. doesn't make you feel great going into the playoffs, especially if you have to go on the road to New Orleans, which is looking somewhat likely. That's, that's asking a lot. Um, which is why, with this game Sunday, if you're the Vikings, you absolutely just have to make sure you're as healthy as possible. Wherever you have to go, if it's New Orleans or Seattle, it's going to be tough. They never win in Seattle. Uh, they lost there last month. So they got to get healthy, and that's why I expect them to um, really t- be careful with this one. I don't expect a lot of points to be scored in this game at all. No, no, I'm, I'm pulling up the injury report here. I think they had uh, like a, a Bears-like schedule. Yeah. Well, uh, Eric Kendricks left that game the other night with a. Uh, it wasn't a it quad wasn't injury. A quad, quad, yeah, and yes. he didn't. So, pra- he didn't practice yesterday, although it was just a walkthrough. I wouldn't play him. No, no, and I mean that's like your, the MVP for defense, which the defense has been better uh, as of late. So, nah. Uh, like you can make an argument, and, and uh, Zimmer's got some old school qualities to him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to rationalize the the best reasons for playing your guys. You want them feeling good going in into the playoffs. Uh, there's nothing to play for though, uh, so there's a, a risk there. You got a Bears team that just seems to be a bit edgy, uh, which would I don't know would, would like to ruin certain things for you. You want your team feeling good, like, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I could see Mike Zimmer doing it and really angering a lot of people up there. Um, you know, like, like here's a headline from you from the Athletic, like last week. You know, Vikings are a team that can't be trusted as the playoffs approach. Like that, that's another reason to to play your guys. You know, in Week 17. You know, take take it to the Bears. Feel good about what you are, but I don't know if they can. You know, the Bears defense will still put up a fight. Uh, at least a little bit better one than they put up against the Chiefs. I'm talking myself into a Bears win here, Adam. That's that's exactly what's happening as I start rambling. Yeah, well, I'm not even talking myself into it. I mean, I I think these predictions this week have to have some qualifiers. Uh, 
because it's a different situation, like if Kirk Cousins plays. But is it, though, because they're still not going to have their running game? I mean, that's the that's the problem. And it, The Bears are going to still have their starters out there. Um, even Most when they of don't, them anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't have Akeem Hicks, he, you know, they're still a decent defense. They're still a defense that can shut down uh, a Vikings team. And really, actually, they've had the Vikings number the last couple of years. Um, so I'm going to... I'm going to pick the Bears to win here because I don't think the Vikings are going to play a lot of their starters. I don't think they should. And in that situation, I just think the Bears are are just going to be more ta- – I mean, if, if it's Sean Mannion out there with no running game, I, I don't ex- – how are the Vikings going to score enough to win? Do we have to go to the game then? Yeah. Like, can't we just go to like the, 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 the bar and get an early dinner? Hey, I enjoyed sitting. I'm in the, serious. I enjoyed sitting in the stands the other day. We can go sit in the stands. We, we could do that, you know. Yeah, you know, you know I'll, I'll give it. You know, the athletics some great words. What it's like to 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 sit in the stands at US Bank Stadium with you know watching Sean Mannion versus Mr. Trubisky. Um, uh, so I, I'm going to go Bears too. And how, how about this, Adam? I'm a double down on the Mr. Trubisky four touchdown game. Oh, here we go. Let's see if we can do the math. I, I, I'm, math kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm um, kidding. Maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All right. I'm going to do bold predictions. Here, here's my bold prediction. Um, gosh, we do have to put a lot of qualifiers in this. Um, I don't know. Pick six, Eddie Jackson. Haven't had one all year. Maybe he gets at this one. So there's my bold prediction. My prediction for this game, we're going to go 26-22 Bears. All right. Uh, my bold prediction is going to be Khalil Mack gets two sacks in this game uh, and gets into double-digit sacks for the season. He's at eight and a half, correct? So that two yes, would, he is. Two would put him in double digits. Not quite the season. I think at one point this summer, Adam Johns talked about him getting the 20 sacks this year. Yeah, maybe maybe he would have. Uh, certainly, he'd be in double digits by now if Keem Hicks hadn't been hurt. Um, but uh, that's my bold prediction, and uh, my score is going to be low. I got the Bears winning thirteen to six. All right, uh, my bold prediction has to do with uh, I, I feel like, like you guys have been saying, there's been there will be a fair amount of loafing on the field. Um, it just seems like there might not be as uh, as engaged as usual. One guy who does not loaf is Cordero Patterson. I think he's going to score a touchdown on Sunday, uh, whether that be on special teams or offense. Um, we'll let him decide that. Especially back in Minnesota, That's right. I saw a Cordero Patterson jersey the other night. A Minnesota one? Yes. How about the hat? Yes, I I tried to take a picture of it, but the guy was moving, and I couldn't get like I, I do have a photo of it, but it's a little blurry. Um, but yeah, they they uh, you know Cordell Patterson still somehow loved in Minnesota. Uh, here's another thing I like though: I gave you the under last week in that Chiefs game. I like the under again this week, and I believe it's only thirty-seven. Oof, it's oof. a low number. I just don't think, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points here. Now, yeah, I, I feel like you can have a. I feel like this is going to be a quirky kind of a just odd game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a couple broken tackles. Someone goes deep, but go on. Sorry. No, and the, but if Cordell Patterson's returning, kicks for touchdowns, though, that can mess with that a little bit. Certainly. 
Uh, uh, game prediction, I got the Vikings to win. I agree with you guys. I, I don't think that they um, – the smart thing would be to s- sit their guys and rest and stuff. But, you know, this is a team who waxed them earlier this season. The Bears waxed the Vikings, that is. Uh, the Bears kept the Vikings out of the playoffs last season. Um, how about end on a strong note? You know, beat a team that you haven't been able to beat uh, consistently recently. Um and and get yourself on a on a good note going into the playoffs. I think the Vikings have a little bit more to play for than the Bears, so I will take the Vikings to win twenty to ten. Twenty to ten. All right. I do think if they play all their starters, then the Vikings probably win the game. But maybe I'm giving them too much credit for being smart here. I just don't see how that's a good idea for them this week. So anyway, um, it, it is a weird week seventeen. This is one of the games. Uh, that's weird. A lot of these have, and we're going to jump into them right now, a lot of these games have uh, one team that doesn't have anything to play for. The NFC is all about seeding, not who's getting in. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's dive through some of these football games here on Sunday. Uh, of course, there is a one really good game that's going to be played on Sunday night. But we'll start with the Packers. The Packers are going to Detroit the Lions are 12.5-point underdogs noon Sunday on Fox. The Packers do have plenty to play for uh, this week because they clinch a first-round bye with a win, and they can actually clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which is crazy to think about with a win and a San Francisco loss, which is certainly plausible. So it is possible that when Sunday's over, guys, the Packers have the number one seed in the NFC. How about that? You know what? Maybe we've been guilty of underrating what they are. You know, at some point, you know, I definitely the, been guilty. Was, I'm raising my hand. Yes. I am. I have been yes. guilty of that, and they wowed me on Monday night. I got to be especially defensively. Yes, yes. And look, I know there's stats that say there's holes on both sides of the ball. I know there's stats that suggest that Eric Aaron Rodgers is in decline. Um, at least for this game, and you know they got this whole winning ugly mantra going now, and Aaron Rodgers has has actually embraced that. You know, um, this strikes me as a game where Aaron Rodgers goes for the for the the kill, the absolute kill. Right, he's going to destroy the Detroit Lions. I, I don't care that they're the they're visiting Ford Field; they can handle everything there. It's going to be like half empty anyway. It's going to be filled with Packers fans. You know. Um, Give me the Packers in a route in this one. They're going to go for the kill. And, I, yes, I could definitely see the 49ers losing it to Seattle. Uh, and this being uh, <laughs> the Packers being the number one seed in the NFC. How about that? I agree with you. I think the the we've seen from the Lions, they've just laid down. They're, they've quit on this season. Um, the Packers are in a groove right now. There's no reason to think they won't continue that this week. And I, I think they go in there and win big. Yeah, make it three. Uh, Twelve and a half will be covered by halftime. Packers in a rout. All right, we'll uh, move on. Where, to... Where's our friend Patrick Finley? Ah, thank you, Joe. I don't have my soundboard, but Joe's on top of it. Uh, Sunday night, this is a good game. 49ers at the Seahawks. Seahawks are a three-point home dog in this game. And um, the 49ers, of course, the winner of this game wins the NFC West. Then the 49ers with a win would also clinch a first round bye. Seattle to get a first round bye, we need to win and also have the Packers lose 
which is unlikely. There's actually a scenario where Seattle could even end up with home field advantage, but that would mean the Packers and Saints both lose. So plenty to play for in this game, most notably the NFC West divisional title. The 49ers come in at 12-3, and Seattle's 11-4, and but they are the home team here. I'm a little surprised, actually. Um, I guess I'm, I don't know. I'm a little surprised that at home at night, Seattle is a three-point underdog. Well, I think the 49ers are the more complete team. The Seahawks, I, I like that beast mode is back in the NFL. I think it's a fun story, but the only reason he's back in the NFL is because they're down to like their sixth running back or something like that in, in Seattle. It's it's not good. Fun story. Still not an ideal situation. Uh, we'll see what actually uh, Marshawn Lynch has left in him. Um, the 49ers are the better team. They are. The Seahawks have not played well lately. They just lost to the Cardinals before Christmas. Uh, they lost to the Rams not too long ago. That was earlier this month. Um, you know, they didn't exactly blow out the Panthers. Uh, also this month. But if we're going to have this Packers scenario play out like we just talked about, Maybe this is a Russell Wilson-like game. Seattle manages to keep things close. Then Russell Wilson has some late magic. So give me the Seahawks at home. Yeah, um, you know, I remember watching their game uh, at San Francisco back in November, which was a great game, and the Seahawks went in there and won late uh, 27-24, a game that was kind of going back and forth. But I think you're right in that they haven't quite been the same team since. Uh, they did lose to the Rams. Uh, they had that just odd loss to the Cardinals last week. And the running game. Um, it, it is tough to buy when they're going out and signing Marshawn Lynch this week um, that they can hold off the 49ers. As tough, it is, as tough as it is, I guess, in Seattle at night, when you consider the running game struggles and the way the season has gone for the 49ers, I'm going to take the 49ers. I don't feel great about it. I think this game is going to be close, but I do think that they um, just barely cover that three. Yeah, I love the Sunday night finale having some meaning behind it. You know, not just uh, a game that was previously scheduled, you know, in the middle of the offseason. I love that they do the flex scheduling. Uh, this is going to be a great game, really fun to watch. 49ers are a complete team. You just got to see some more consistency out of the quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the lack of the running game does scare me, but uh, like you guys both said, this is a tough place to play, especially at night. I'm going to take the Seahawks to um, not only cover the three, but to win outright. Um, oh, we wow. would lock it up, but I don't have that button. So here we go. <laughs> Locking it up. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Locking it up with the Seahawks. All right. Uh, ooh, is this Al Riveron's last regular season week in his job? Still got him for the playoffs. But it's worth thinking Hello, about. everyone. This is Al Riveron. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out. The Titans go to Houston. Um and the Texans are three-and-a-half-point underdog here in this game. It's hard to keep track of all of these playoff scenarios, but that's, I'm assuming, because they're locked in their spot, the Texans. Do you guys know? Uh, yeah, the, I think yeah. because the, the they, they can't match the Chiefs, Patriots, or uh, Ravens. Right. Yeah, so, so they're, the, they're, the, they're the worst of the divisional winners. So they're just kind of locked in there, um, which is and the, t- the Titans obviously – have a lot to play here. They clinch a playoff berth with a win, um, or they would also get in uh, with the Steelers' loss. 
with the Steelers lost. Yeah. So, um, but they got to go. They they got to go in and win this game. So, it is the Titans at Texans, and that's why the Texans are three and a half point home dog here. Three twenty five Sunday on CBS. So kind of unique. I didn't the the Texans just played the Titans not too long ago. Let me look at this schedule. It's like two weeks ago. I feel like. Yes. Yeah. There were a lot yeah, of those yeah. this year. Yeah, kind of a unique. So they won 24-21. The Texans did in Tennessee on the 15th. Yeah, so two weeks ago. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Um, so the, the the Texans are locked in, right? J.J. Watt cannot come back until next week. Is that right? Or is he coming back this week? Well, they activated him, um, but I don't know that that necessarily means he, he would be playing this week unless they just want to get him – some some reps out there on the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I know Bill O'Brien's got some old school qualities. You know, p- people need to realize, like, Deshaun Watson's had some unique ebbs and flows to his season. Can I give you some passer ratings for the past, uh, you know, few weeks? Like 63.7 and 104.6 and 140.7. 63.1, 92.1, 62.5. Those are his pass ratings over the past six games. So you want him feeling good going into the playoffs. Obviously, he's he's a big-time gamer and stuff like that. I do think there is value because if the Titans lose, they're completely out, right? So if th- there is some value in, in eliminating a divisional rival, I think, in that regard. Um, we know Matt Nagy went for the kill last year. Give me the Texans in this one, and this Sean Watson bounces back and has a good game before going into the playoffs. Okay, wow. Um, just to clarify, the Titans can lose this game and still get in the playoffs if the Steelers lose and the Colts lose. Okay, uh, which is possible. To, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure why a Colts loss would matter, but I'm looking at the NFL's tie-breaking scenarios here and everything to play for. So uh, some of this stuff gets gets interesting and. Divisional uh, record? Yeah, it must be. It must be the tiebreaker. But it would be the tiebreaker with... Well, maybe that's the, that would be the scenario in which the Raiders get in, right? So it, it's got to be one of the tiebreakers with the Raiders and in that scenario. Anyway, um, I like the Titans to win. I just think they have a lot more to play for. I do think this is close, though. So at three and a half with that extra hook, I think I'm going to take the Texans to cover. But I do think the Titans managed to win this football game. Yeah, show me the money game for Tannehill. He goes into Houston and um, obliterates a team that uh, has nothing to play for. So I'm going to go with the Titans to cover the three and a half. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. What else is the Raiders at the Broncos? And don't look now, but Vic Fangio could have the same record as the Bears with a win and a Bears loss this week. Something to think about because the Broncos have come on strong here as of late. Uh and they got the I think they have the second youngest roster in the league or third youngest roster in the league and uh you know a little bit of encouragement there for Denver fans here in the second half of the season but they close their season at home here against the Raiders the Broncos are 3 and a half point favorite um which I think kind of reflects how they've been playing better recently considering that the Raiders still are playing for a playoff berth here yeah you know what Vic Fangio is going to ruin all that scenario talk and all that stuff that needs to happen for the Raiders to get in. Give me Drew Locke. Give me Vic Fangio. Denver, convincingly. 
You gonna lock up lock? I'll lock up lock. Lock up lock. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Broncos here too. I, I like how they've been playing recently at home in this spot. Uh, I think they finished the season strong, and I will take the Broncos to win and cover. Yeah, I like the Raiders to uh, win the game, obviously cover the spread. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Too many things need to go their way, and it's just uh, I've lost too many par- parlays to to know or to, to see the Raiders actually accomplishing <laughs> that. But, uh, yeah, I think the Raiders will win, um, but unfortunately they won't make the playoffs. If they win, though, the the scenario to get in is somewhat realistic. I mean, it really is. The, I guess, I mean... <laughs> The, the the problem is is that the Steelers and this is our next game so we might as well move on to it. But the Steelers playing the Ravens. The Ravens are locked in. They don't have anything to play for here. They're actually a two point home dog against the Steelers. Uh, Three twenty five Sunday on CBS. But they the Raiders would need the Ravens to still win this game. And they're not playing it. They're their guys. Lamar Jackson we know is right. not playing. RG three. Here we go. So, yeah, um, talk about and I'll, this. This will be a low-scoring game, uh, like a six to two like game. Don't I, somewhere there'll be a safety six to two, um, <laughs> nine to six, nine to five safety plus the field goal. Um, I, I, how about nine to six with the missed extra point there to get the the, the six? Um, give me the Ravens. I, I they just got the right mojo. I don't you know like just a lot of things are going. Their way, you can't sit everybody. So some other guys will play, even though it's sparingly. Uh, I think you know, with the the things going the way they have been, at least for the last couple weeks with the Steelers, I don't think they got enough in them right now. So even just give me RG three in this one, fun, ugly football game, nine to seven, nine to six. <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly, I gotta say, this isn't really fun picking some of these games like this with so much unknown and not a lot to play for. It's just not really what you want to see. But I, I get it. Um, man, I, I guess I'm gonna go with Steelers just because they have more to play for. Don't love the matchup though. Uh, still like what the Ravens can do on defense against the Steelers offense, but I just think they somehow figure out a way to. To pull it out because they they do have a, a a ton to play for here still in this game. So I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm taking the team with the better quarterback. I'm taking RG3 and the Ravens. Yeah. I can't I mean, tell you how excited I am uh, to be back on the grass. You are you you do have a good point there that he still might be the best quarterback in this game. Uh, all right, two big college football games on Saturday. You guys ready for this? The college football playoff even john's you should be excited about this yes i am actually this this these i like this weekend i think we already have plans to to stake a claim to a spot in the marriott lobby bar in downtown minneapolis to, to watch these games and just be comfortable in our marriott and, and watch this out but yeah let's do this all right so uh number four oklahoma number one lsu this is uh, the peach bowl technically being played in Atlanta. So this is the same spot LSU just won the SEC championship game. Back-to-back games in Atlanta, 3 o'clock Saturday on ESPN. And LSU is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Boy, there should be some offense in this game. Um, And I I guess if there's a lot of offense, then there is a chance that LSU can cover with two touchdowns. I think they're definitely... 
the better team. Uh, man, it seems like every year one of these games ends up being a blowout. And I think this... I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout because I do think Oklahoma will be able to score some touchdowns. But I'm going to ride LSU. I think they've they've proven it. They deserve it. Uh, and I'm going to take LSU to cover, but very closely. Did you guys see that video from the... Uh, well, she covers LSU. I forget the name of the reporter, but they had like a, a shootout amongst basketball players. It's some like charity thing, uh, you know, LSU versus the Oklahoma guys. Oh, I did and, see this. Yeah. And Joe, uh, Joe Burrow finished it out, right? Went 10 for 12 um, in the hot shot contest. That's a, you know, guys get ice in his veins. You can't even beat him in a hot shot contest. So I feel like this is a game that is going to be close going into the third quarter, but then LSU just, you know, they, they throw a couple knockout punches. We're talking about big scores, 40 yards, 50 yards, you know, 30-yard gain there, 20-yard gain. They're just that explosive. Joe Burrow's that good. I love the guy's story. Love this Heisman speech. I got them covering as well. It's going to be close for, for some part of this game. But the, the Tigers will, will, will pull away at the end significantly, I think. Yeah, that make it three for three. I I like the LSU Tigers here as well. Joe Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner, went into Austin, went into Tuscaloosa. He's he's played in tough places and is really obviously in total control of the offense. He's got three NFL wide receivers, and I think the big difference here is that LSU's defense does have some playmakers. Oklahoma has looked good at times against some of the Big 12 competition, but this is a totally different offense. This is a totally different animal. I, I like the Tigers to win big, and I'm, I'm not really um, fretting about it at all. I think they, they cover it pretty easily. All right, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly certainly understand that, and I think uh, I'm just hoping that both these games end up being close. All right, the second one, so this will be the night game, 7 o'clock Saturday on ESPN. Number three, Clemson. Number two, Ohio State being played in Arizona, the Fiesta Bowl here, and the Buckeyes are a two-point dog as the higher seed in this game. Guys, this is interesting because, and, and I've been looking forward to this game for weeks, as soon as we knew this was going to be the matchup, because you have an Ohio State team here that might be their best team they've ever had, talent-wise. Um, they are just really, really good. And when they want and they to were loaded not too long ago. I know. The Zeke Elliott boasted team, yes. They, when they want to turn it on, they can. Um, and they can to the extent that they can beat Clemson. But Clemson's fascinating because Clemson really didn't play anybody this entire season. Um, but they had one game against North Carolina back on September 28th that they barely won. They were kind of fortunate, fortunate enough to win because North Carolina went for two and didn't get it. And it's like everybody from that point on just sort of was ignoring Clemson. And all Clemson did the rest of the season was obliterate every opponent (laughs) that they faced. They kind of got shut out in the awards. Everybody forgetting about Trevor Lawrence. And here they are. They're still Clemson. They still have talent all over the field. Um, But it's, it's a fair question. This is easily the hardest team that they've faced all season what does it look like? I just think people are sleeping on Clemson a little bit. I mean, I guess you can't make that argument since they are still favored in the game. I'm going to take the Tigers to win. Uh, I just think they're too good, and people have been writing them off a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't feel like anybody's talked about them. It's what it for, seems like, like this year. Yes, yes. Joe Burrow this, Joe Burrow that. 
you know, Oklahoma this, Oklahoma that. What's going on with the Alabama quarterback situation? Oh, look who! Like, look at here comes Ohio State with their Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, Heisman Trophy candidate defensive end, and then there's just Clemson, who has a thoroughbred at quarterback. Let's not forget how good he was last year. Plays extremely well in big games. Uh, like the only thing that I, I can, I'm, I'm trying to think back just in terms of like national buzz about Clemson or just like major part of the conversation is when that, like that high school student, that high school girl was doing TikTok videos and she happens to still click Trevor Lawrence. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's the, like the I never last saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the last thing that I, I had saw like discussed thoroughly on social media about Clemson was this student who looks like Trevor Lawrence. It's, give me Clemson. I, I don't, I don't want to say convincingly, but like, I, I think they actually might be the better team. People forget how loaded, they are and have been, you know, for the past several years. Give me Clemson in this one. And I'm biased because I like Ohio State. But something tells me Clemson might win this. I don't want to say handily, but maybe 10 points count as handily in something like this. I like Clemson in this a lot. Oh, is it my turn already? Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I, I agree. I think it's it's almost weird. We, we get that people forget thing a lot about Clemson. And, you know, they had a weird schedule with uh, – you know, that North Carolina game and almost like a pay no mind team. You know, they, they've been top five all season long, but they didn't have that marquee game that everybody tuned in for to and everybody watched to see just how elite and talented they are across the board, not just at quarterback, not just at running back, but wide receivers. Their offensive line is pretty good. Their defensive line is young, but still really good. Linebackers, everything. They, they are a very talented group, and that's not to take anything away from Ohio State. They are an elite group. Um, so if, if, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with the team that has been there, the coach that has been there, the quarterback that has been there. I'm going to take Clemson. Um, I, I'm not going to bet the game, but I do feel like um, this, this is going to be obviously the better game of the, of the two semifinals. I do. I could see a scenario. I, if there was one shocking result in this, in this weekend, um, I could see like Clemson just running Ohio State out of the building. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't want that to happen. I think it's going to be a good game, but I I could I just think people forget how good Clemson really is and if Ohio State kind of like if Ohio State plays like they did against Wisconsin in the Big 10 Championship game in the first half, they're they're not going to have that type of third quarter comeback the way they did because it's going to be a different level of talent and Clemson will take advantage and 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 could potentially, you know, just keep running up the score. Um, that being said, I think it's going to be closer. But I do like Clemson in the game, so we're we're all predicting an LSU Clemson championship. Then it'll be a fantastic game. Yeah, uh, and that's probably if it's LSU versus Clemson or LSU versus Ohio State. Either way, that's going to feel like the right the right game, right, uh, with the right teams in it. All right, but one more Bears game to get through on Sunday. Get excited. Um, at, for for once, Adam, I'm like excited about the college games, and there's <laughs> going to be a snooze fest on, on, on Sunday. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, at least it's a nice stadium and a good atmosphere, and we'll just have to see how it plays out with the Bears. Then it's on to much bigger and tougher discussions next week as we reach the offseason and inch toward episode 300. 300 of these. That's crazy. Time flies. 
when you're having fun, Adam. <laughs> yeah, we do have fun here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at Joey Joe Rowe. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. We appreciate you being with us all season long. I know it hasn't been the year you guys wanted. It's been tough, but uh, hopefully we've been able to help get you through it. And there's one more game to go. Read us at WGNRadio.com, the Athletic Athletic app. Appreciate you doing that. And we will talk to you Sunday from U.S. Bank Stadium. See ya. Hello everyone, this is Al Riveron.